The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hi, everybody. Welcome. It's Haberman and Middlecoff. I'm Guy, and that's John. <laughs> it's our YouTube channel, and it's our podcast. Uh, like the video if you're watching. Subscribe to the channel. And if you're uh, listening to the podcast, thank you. Share it with your friends. Do you have a Tito's Toast today? I, I do. Uh, obviously, we're sponsored by our, our longtime friends, business partners. And just even if they weren't paying us to say this, I, I'd gladly be supporting the product. I, I, I think... A well-deserved cheers to, you know, I, I wouldn't say a once great brand because it, it, it always struggled, but a team that had a moment and impacted its sport nationally as much as it did locally and fall, had, had fallen on hard times. They, they set the record for most years straight without a playoff appearances. They get a guy named Mike Brown to come to Sacramento. He starts embracing himself in the community, riding his Harley all over from you know, North Sacramento to South Sacramento, going to high school football games. Just People don't understand the Sacramento and just the Sacramento down through the Valley is a big high school football area. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know the Bay, you know, some of the Oakland teams, obviously De La Salle and LA high school football, big recruits, but there's a passion from Sacramento to me down to Bakersfield in these little towns and these programs. And obviously Folsom now is the new De La Salle. And, you know, he just ingratiated himself, and then he fucking won. And last night, like, I, I got news for you. Like, I, I've said this forever about the Warriors. Th- they're probably clearly the run is coming toward the end of the of the streak. But as long as they got Curry, th- they'll print money. They still matter. The moment that leaves and you just get throw in just random Kyrie Irving and James Wiseman and Andrew Wiggins, it's over. And Joe knows that. But, like, for the Kings to kind of – have a moment like last night. I didn't watch a dribble, but woke up to it, I read did. about it. It was uh, intense. So cheers to Mike Brown for just resurrecting a brand, making them fun, and helping to take down. It's weird, right? Mike Brown's resurrection of his career happened with Kerr. Obviously, he's boys with those guys. Everyone likes him. But that's to lose like they did last year in the playoffs. I went to one of those games. Just an all-time Steph, Clay, and Draymond kind of – Oh, just yeah. in sack, broke right. their back in game five. But then they came back in one game six and had the heart broken again in game seven. I think it's been a pretty good year for the Kings against the Warriors so far. It feels – have the Warriors beat the Kings? I mean, this is a, and I last night was clearly pretty time. devastating. Did they beat them the first time? Uh, I was watching that game, John. That's a great toast. I also have to – I'll piggyback just to say whoever invented the beam is a genius. Um because that's a great little, you know, it used to be like, fly. it's like the modern version of flying the W flag in Chicago, where you fly the, the Cubs one or at Fresno State, you know, where they used to fly the John Baxter. They used to fly the W flag. After, you know why? Because he's from Illinois, goes yeah. back for the summer, and he went to a Cubs game, and he thought it was a genius idea. And then, like, Kevin Gosling would raise the fucking thing. Gosling would do it. Bulldog kicker. Well, whoever, you know, oh, the, okay. just the special teamers hung out by the pole. 
So yeah. they'd be like, raise the V. Well, everyone else is practicing. So it'd be like Bobby Shepard, you know, if you go like this. Baxter's like, woo. <laughs> so good. They also stole the numbers on every on every five-yard line from LSU and the checkerboard end zones from Tennessee. But <laughs> that's what you should do, you know, when you're trying to make a name for yourself. You adopt a bunch of tra- traditions. The beam was cool. The game, I just, that game feels different to me than like most NBA games I watch because it's a legitimate, like there is, was that in sack last night? It wasn't sack. And you know, when it's in sack, sack wants it bad. Yeah. And the Warriors are up like 25. And one of my first lessons as a sports fan, I remember as a kid, was my dad. And I remember I wanted to watch an NBA game. It was like the second quarter. And he's like, he's like, no, we're not going to eat dinner on the couch. We're going to sit at the table and eat. Don't worry. It'll be a close game in the fourth quarter. And that's I just remember that every time I look at an NBA game and it's like 72 to 51 at the half. I go, well, I'll check in on it with 10 minutes to go. And last night, it was a blowout. Then the screen, they I get alerted, John, to the group C stage group play requirements, which is that the Warriors had to win by 12 in order to advance to play Thailand next week. Okay. And and I gotta tell you. As much as I can't figure any of this tournament in season tournament out, and the 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 key oversight being in soccer, point differential is easy because the scores are three to two and one to nothing. In the NBA, point differential requires a lot more math. But they just had on the screen like Warriors must win by twelve, and I was like, all right. It kind of added a little because they weren't they were like up by ten. I'm like, okay, I got I'll you know I wasn't just watching that, but I had it on, and. Uh, it might I my feeling watching it was it might cost them the game trying to win by 12. And I don't know if it did or not, but I don't think it would have mattered. The in-season tournament had nothing to do with why Sack and the Warriors played a knockdown drag out last night. It was a good game. So the Warriors did not advance, correct? The Warriors did not advance. I don't know what that means or who they play now. Well, but, they give um, you like new two other fake games, and then everyone else advances in the quarterfinals. Like gotcha. the Sack, the Lakers, Pel- OKC, Pel- I think. make it. No clue. I mean, why the NBA doesn't start on January 1? Honestly, putting the NBA, I've said this forever about baseball. It's an incredible, there's nothing like the postseason. Throwing in an October where nobody watches is pretty dumb in 2023. Like, we got to change, we got to adapt, and no one seems to want to. And they just like, okay, 8 million people are going to watch a World Series. 30 used to. I'm not saying that 30 would if you put it in August. You would just have a better chance of just yeah, being in the season, make it more urgent. But they just won't put a runner in second, though. We're making progress, John. Baby steps. There, there will be a reckoning for uh, for everybody. Because now, did you see the Michigan Ohio State? baseball teams well, have lost television deals? Yeah, well, it's coming with the NBA. Who my, my prediction is Adam Silver will not be the commissioner in a couple of years. They they are in major major trouble, and similar things like there's just no importance to any of these games. And he he tried. I'll give him effort credit with this. But, like, one thing is evidently clear. The NFL is in a different stratosphere, right, in terms of the amount of people. College football is clearly number two. I mean, it's, there, there's not even – they're in their own little world. Like, the NBA and baseball would would fucking sell a leg to, to, to have the importance and the numbers that they draw. Michigan, Ohio State did 20 million people. To put that in perspective, 27 million people watch Niners Seattle, which I, still feels crazy. What are you doing? Maybe East Coast people fall asleep. I don't know. That that number feels low to me, but I also think it shows you it wasn't that a good Michigan, game. That might have been part of it, right? True. Like everyone's like, God, kind of a down year for the Iron Bowl. They got nine million people. That's like World Series numbers. 
And and I'm pretty sure Auburn was like a five and six team coming into the game. So I mean, fuck. And, and you were, we were talking off the air yesterday about the little SEC towns, like nine million people. Do you know what the NBA would do for some of their NBA finals games? Don't get that many people. Like it's just it's a bloodbath. Football guy has well, some just of their NBA finals games over. get what? Like I've seen. Am I crazy to say that some of them get like three million, or that's just more like a sad a Christmas day? I'll do like three mil. Right. Yeah, I mean, definitely their playoff games. Yeah, I mean, Washington, Washington State did five point eight. Georgia, Georgia Tech did five three. Iowa, Nebraska did four point four million people. I mean, guy, there is not a regular season NBA Missouri, game. Arkansas did four million. I mean, it's it's not. I, I'm a football guy. I do think it's crazy the dominance. I mean, it's not crazy when you factor in how we've led up here the last several years, but when you just take a step back, like it's separating. It separates by the years. It's crazy. Uh, Lions-Packers morning game did almost $34 million. <laughs> Now, w- one thing on Thanksgiving that the NFL, I would say the Cowboys clearly, you put them on good times, bad times, historically, you know, in the modern day, they, they moved the needle. The Packers and the 49ers are clearly two of the NFL's top four brands, Right. Yeah, but I mean, it's just, it just shows what's your best pitch. And the NFL can do basically any holiday. They can pick from multi, They can pick from a multitude of teams, really, that'll work, right? Like if you One, replace Cowboys with Chiefs, how much that number falls, but by how much? Yeah, or Bills or Ravens or whatever, right? Do you know where the NBA has got to be fucking really nervous? LeBron's almost 40 years old and Steph's 36. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, th- those are the last two just like superstars that like when we were growing up would have been like Jordan, Magic, Larry, like on the pantheon of just put them on posters. Every human knows who they are. When those guys are gone, like I got news for you, Brandon Ingram and John ja Morant, no one gives a fuck. <laughs> would, would, would Zion Williamson be a bigger star if he'd stayed at Duke for four years? I think he'd be a bigger star if he just transitioned to be an NFL guard. Like, I think it's over. No, financially, obviously. I thought you were going to say something else. (laughs) I thought you were going to make an Olympic joke. Uh, Does that stuff work, you think? Apparently. I've seen Michael Rubin's face. It looks skinny. How about this? Just don't eat as much. Like, have some fucking self-discipline. I don't know. It's uh, not that difficult. Yeah, it's... That guy, remember when that guy was going to be an NBA star? Who? Zion, Zion Williamson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, he's paid like it. Well, everybody gets paid like it. Uh, here's a 10 spot on the uh, stream to say David Carr saying there's no scenario where the Eagles could win makes me want to pump my phone. Thanks for giving Philly some bulletin board material, David. That's from Michael. I did see that clip. Did you see that clip, David Carr? There's no scenario. I don't even understand. Maybe he, I, I don't, I don't know what scenarios he's not considering, but I mean, if you gave a blank kind of, one Who's the Niners' backup one. quarterback right now? The Niners? Yeah. I don't even know. I mean, do you know who it is? The 49ers. Oh, oh, Sam, Sam Darrell. I was thinking Kyle. I was thinking Kyle Allen. Yeah, Sam Darrell. Okay. So they, they are Have more you forgotten how I buttered yeah. my bread in the, July? The, 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 and August, uh, John. The, they're, I mean, we saw a scenario last year. They're, they couldn't throw a forward pass. It happened. And the game was essentially over with 40 minutes left. In the in the play part of the game, we had hours left to consume on our couch. Yeah. I mean, the highlight of the game last year for the 49ers was 
Trent Williams body slamming a guy that he probably still feels pain in body parts. But that was like, that's was the highlight of the game. Like there are always injuries. This is football, right? Like there's no scenario that like a high school basketball team could beat the Phoenix Suns. You know, I mean, there are certain things in life. Like there are no scenarios. There are scenarios here. I mean, hell, the Eagles could just, I don't know, beat them. <laughs> right? I mean, not to get hurt. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, did you guys want the Niners went through a three game stretch where they, they lost, <laughs> you know, the, this isn't the 72 dolphins. Now they are the better team, but sometimes the plays don't work. Here's the other thing. Kyle's scheme. And this is why I was critical of the play call that, uh, that got Purdy banged up. When you go against other teams that don't run kind of the base and a lot of the zone read, I know he doesn't run zone read, but just zone concepts, a lot of it is to fool the backside defensive end and get him to run down. It's why so many boots and play actions work. It's why even in Kyle's offense, when that guy doesn't bite and it's a pass, your quarterback's kind of shit out of like he's He kind of either has to throw it away, hopefully the guy's open, or just like hit the ground. Like it's a disaster play they're used to seeing it. Like the Eagles have been a zone concept team definitely since Jalen has been involved. So that quote unquote fool the backside end play, which is an enormous part of his offense. And I watched some of Sirianni's press conference today. He said like the best part of just Kyle as a play caller is everything's married together. So it all kind of comes in one. You don't know what's coming. You do know though that like when everyone's breaking that way, the backside end just stay home. Right, like it's not really your play to make because even if the running back cuts back and he then has the ball, you can make the play, but don't take off because the quarterback keeps it a lot. Whether that's design runs for Jalen, whether that's boot actions, but like I would say the Eagles, like it's hard to me to fool their ends like you can some teams that don't maybe see that every day in practice and just it's a part of their ethos as just a franchise, right? Like. A lot you watch Jalen, a lot of it is him just going the other way when everyone's going left or right, right? Whether it's his quarterback sneaks, the zone read stuff that he definitely did earlier on in his career. They pass it more now, clearly. But I, I just think that's an area where going back to that play, and we can not that we debate the individual play, but like the concept of just fooling that guy, I think is harder against this specific team. Right. They, they are one, just really talented, and two, they're used to seeing it. Where the like the Cowboys for the last couple of years, they've had kind of reckless players beside Micah that aren't sound and disciplined. Like that's just not the case here. Right. These guys, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, obviously Reddick, like these guys are very fundamentally sound, like high level players. Fletcher's older, but like, and he doesn't play on the edge like the other two. But that, my, my point is, so, no different than the Niners. Like, it's hard to fool their guys. Like, when you play fundamentally sound elite players, you, you kind of just got to beat them. You can't – it's harder to fool them. I'm not saying you can't do it on a play, but I, I think you got to be careful. And we talked yesterday about the Brock, like putting him in harm's way. But this gets back to, like, Michael Lombardi always says this. Like, Kyle's offense kind of his offense. He doesn't have a true, like – like, the Eagles do have just now more of a true drop-back passing game because they just throw bombs a lot, right? Just like a three, five-step drop, or even in the shotgun. Definitely in the shotgun a lot. I mean, Jalen's been doing that since college. Like, most of Kyle's passing offense is predicated off the run, which is what makes Kyle Shanahan Kyle Shanahan. I mean, it's a it's a complicated issue. That I'm not acting like you just scrapped the offense, but I 
if he doesn't think that last year factors in, <laughs> like I, I do think it's an example of like, let's be really cognizant of the edge guys in place for the health of the guy that, you know, is regardless of what you think is at minimum, just in the MVP conversation for a reason, like his health now be, I was intrigued to watch Sam Darnold weeks ago once he got the concussion, but I'm actually cool with just watching this guy. He's pretty good. Well, this guy has shown some qualities that Sam never showed in terms of, you know, being able to process. Um, you know, the other thing you made me think is it's it's probably easier to trick the guy that Trent Williams is blocking because there is – you're pretty mentally and physically occupied when you're going up against Trent Williams, right? So you don't have 100% of your attention. Your attention is divided. The way that Hassan Reddick could potentially work around Colton McKivitz, it's probably harder to trick him because his attention is not – He's not sitting there going, all right, what move do I need to use to get by Colton McKivitz on this particular play, right? Which but makes there, there's, there's a reason, though, they fool that side more than Trent's side, right? You think it's that? Well, yeah. I mean, I just think you go to that side more. One, it's your, your right-handed quarterback. It's easier to right. throw there. And two, it just makes it easier on that guy. Yeah. So uh, I, that's the other part of it is, you know, he's – we didn't. We got to see Brock move a lot in games. We didn't really get to see him run around with those guys in pursuit of him last year because he he didn't play. And maybe Kyle would say, and, and there's probably some validity to this. I can't run some of these offenses like some of the plays they consistently run with the more quote unquote true dropback. Our offensive line is not good enough in the pass game. Let's re- substitute seventy one. I couldn't just rely on them and lean on them. Now, even with all that said, you said on the last pod you could see the scenario where the Niners. They played on Thursday. They've had two relatively easy games since coming off the bye, and everyone's been injured in terms of domination. And three, that I think someone's at the door. You can go get the door. Yeah, give, give me one second. Yeah, go. Jimmy G, 10 spot. Even worse was Michael Robinson scoffing at Carr for saying he'd take Purdy over Hertz. For quarterback, and M. Rob laughed and yelled at him that Brock is nothing more than Jimmy Garoppolo 2.0. Shake my head. Like if if I said take if if I said take Brock over Hertz, and John said you're crazy, I wouldn't think no no you must be an idiot. But then to add Jimmy 2.0, that would be the part that makes me scratch my head about how closely he's been paying attention. One thing I wanted to talk about today is that the throw that Brock made against the Seahawks. Hey. <clears throat> you just served a court order over there? What's going no, on? No, they're going to run the fiber. The Cox came out of nowhere running fiber, but they asked, can I turn your internet off? And uh, the guy didn't speak that much English, so it was kind of hard to figure out yeah. what he was talking about. Then I realized, well, I'm like, well, is the internet going to go down? He's like, well, it would be for like 20 minutes. I'm like, just give me like 15 minutes to stay out there for a second. I'll come yeah. grab it and then give right. me to go ahead. Good. Um, so the blowout. Fiber internet, by the way. Yeah, so the, the, t- here's the thing with the blowout. They're coming off rest. The Eagles have to be gassed. Even Sirianni said, we're not really even practicing today because he was being asked about some of these guys coming back from injury reserve. You know, the window, would they play? He's like, well, it'd be kind of hard to tell today given it's a walkthrough, which as we talked about on Tuesdays, they're not practicing this week. Like there is no, you're not going out there and seeing full speed. How could you? They have too many veteran players. The season's too long in terms of like, they still got a lot left. And this gets back to what we talked about. The moment they beat the Bills, <laughs> this game became less important. 
because they took care of the Chiefs, they took care of the Bills, they can lose this game, beat the Cowboys, and still be fine. They're also in the same position next week when they play the Cowboys. I mean, you could argue if you're them, I don't think they think of it this way, but you know, if you lose this game, but you beat da- but you beat Dallas because you didn't, you know, go to overtime or play basically the same Bills game against the Niners again, then you're in fine shape. You're still going to be the one seed, uh, and you're still going to win your division. If you lose this game in your Philly, let's say you go, you just go balls to the wall. You try to win the game, you lose it. Um, they're in the same position next week in that Dallas played on Thursday, just like the Niners did on Thanksgiving. Dallas is going to play on Thursday again, tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening to this, we're recording this Wednesday. So Dallas is got their Eagles are going to play a team on extra rest for the second week in a row. Um, and, uh, and that game, if they're in that spot, if they lose the Niners, they'll be 10 and two and Dallas will be coming in at nine and three. And so all of a sudden Dallas Philly becomes what Niners, Philly was going to be if Philly had lost to the Bills. Cowboys are basically a nine-point favorite right now. They're at home against Seattle. What did we say in that game? Yeah, in Dallas. Home against Seattle. Nine-point favorite. If you had to take one nine-point underdog, would you take Seattle or the Washington Huskies? So how about Washington's got the state of Washington's got two nine-point underdogs this weekend? I would take the Washington Huskies. I think Seattle. Seahawks Washington fans got a Thursday night game and a Friday game. That's a big end of the week if you're in Seattle. The problem is you could get Molly Wapped in both. Joel Klatt yeah. was also saying it's your weekend, though. Did you hear Joel Klatt say there's a scenario no one wants to hear out west where the Ducks get left out? If they beat you dub. They beat you dub. Alabama wins. Texas wins. Alabama, Georgia go. Michigan goes. Florida State or Texas goes. He's just saying it's out there, and what? You know? And and his theory is Texas, who is two spots behind Oregon, would 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 jump because their Alabama win looks more impressive because Alabama. Well, he, he was just saying like, could just be Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State. Oh, oh, and there is no Texas. Got yeah. it. Yeah, because you'd have one loss Alabama, who would come from the eight spot. The he's just saying Alabama a scenario is on the table yeah, where if Alabama crazy. wins. Alabama, he's like it. Everyone's discounting the like Georgia's the two-time defending national champion, haven't lost a game in forever. They just might get the benefit of the doubt, and you know the SEC has a lot of sway. Yeah. Um, interesting. I you know Texas is behind Oregon, and the explanation that the committee gave on Tuesday was ba- they didn't. No one liked their explanation because I think their explanation was really just eye test. Like Oregon just looks better than Texas, um, and Oregon definitely looked better than Alabama. But you go beat Georgia, I mean, that's that'd be pretty impressive. Did you see the viral video of the dudes watching the Georgia uh sorry, watching the Auburn Alabama game in their garage and the TV froze when Milro dropped back to pass on fourth down? No. <laughs> like, you know, they're filming for their I at first I thought, like, is this fake? Because that's what I think about every video. But the thing just like is rolling, is rolling, is rolling. You know, like the circle is spinning, is spinning and spinning. And they keep their cool. They're like, you know, what's going on? And then it comes back on. Dudes are celebrating the end zone. They're Alabama fans. They just start losing their minds. And I thought, as much as that sucks, having that like 15, having that play last 15 seconds, pretty cool moment too. Yeah. Honestly, that happened to me a little bit on Sunday, some of the stream. Really? For the first, for the first time ever. Yeah. Uh, well, you get that fiber. I've got fiber, John. I'm I'm kicking it like 800 and Eight, eight, I'm, uh, I saw I was only 900 megabits. 
But you know, it's not the the streaming is the upload speed. The upload speed is also off the charts. Yeah, like, I meant like, like what? five or so. I, I mean, I could check right now. Like five hundred. Uh, fiber internet. I'm gonna do this. Uh, everybody, if you can get five, not everybody they don't have it everywhere. But if you can get fiber internet, you should get fiber internet. Yeah. Right now, I'm on the Wi-Fi, John. I'm not even hardlined. I'm getting 925 megabits upload speed. And uh, everybody, stand by for my. I mean, download speed. Stand by for my upload speed here. I'm not. I'm, I'm not hardwired. This is on the Wi-Fi. 810 right now. Upload. Upload. Jesus, that's elite on the Wi-Fi. That's elite. That's what my guys are going about to do. Yeah, there you go. Butcherbox.com/slash/ham helps you make good decisions. Last night I was thinking about ordering out, and then. I reached into the freezer, grabbed some ground beef, and all of a sudden it was homemade taco night. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. ButcherBox is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials. You get peace of mind with ButcherBox because it's high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. You get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping, as always, and you get the ultimate customization. Your customization might be, I don't know what to do. Send me the good stuff. And they send you the good stuff, curated. Right now, go to butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham, and you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year. Plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. I'm going to give you the same advice I gave my buddy who just called me recently because he was getting a vasectomy. He just came from the doctor. They said they told me I got to shave. I said, gotta get two more like it. And I sent him the lawnmower 5.0 from Manscaped. It's going to be the MVP for him and for you this March. Go to manscaped.com and use the code HAM to get 20% off and free shipping. Get the Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, and you'll be the Cinderella story of March. The Lawnmower 5.0 is strong until the last stroke with a battery that lasts the entire tournament, a waterproof design, and interchangeable skin safe blade heads that guarantee smooth ball handling every time to top it off the performance package throws in two free gifts boxers 2.0 and the new toiletry bag so get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code ham at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off and free shipping manscaped.com code ham when things get hairy make sure to call on manscaped in clutch time get on the prize picks app just like me and use the code ham 50 for a first deposit match of up to 100 football season's over but hoop season is getting hot tournament season or the fight for playoff home court there's no shortage of high stakes basketball moments this time of year so get in on the excitement with prize picks america's number one fantasy sports app and you can get it on baseball too i've got some season long more or less picks on multiple stat projections on home runs uh, not off not feeling great about shohei less than 38 and a half right now but I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half, no problem. Injury insurance. And on Prize Picks, you can win up to 100x your money with as little as four correct picks. I love it. It's Download the app today. Use code HAM50 for the first deposit match of up to $100. Can I tell you about my friends? Very, very good friends. And mainly because I've been using this app for a long time. 
Game time. They are the best ticket app I've ever used. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. You want to go to a concert? You want to go watch Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond make a little playoff run? Well, that's where you use Game Time. You just download the app on your smartphone, and you can search any event. Concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. Search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you sightline on the app. And uh, it's really easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough. And here's what we're doing for you. When you use the promo code HAM, H-A-M, you save $20 off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout and save $20 to any event. Download the GameTime app now. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast, NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world. The nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the Cowboys in the playoffs. Planning your tax bill so you don't dread April every year. And saving on travel. Vacations coming. You spend less on airfare, it means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Um, Debo, I said what I said. James Bradbury told said he was true. I went back and watched those clips this week. It was pre- It's pretty good to go back and watch the Debo, specifically the Debo on I Am Athlete. Well, guy, he went. He made the Super Bowl rounds and said it to everybody. But the one with Shady McCoy is like trash. Like Shady McCoy kind of loses it, and uh, Debo's like, "Yeah, trash." Debo was adamant. Like it wasn't. You know, Ayuk said. Remember, Ayuk's quote was like, uh, "I think the Chiefs." It was before the Super Bowl. He said, "I think the Chiefs are going to expose some of the things we thought we were going to expose." But he's like sitting on a couch, casual on the SF Niners YouTube channel, hood on, just kind of casually talking. Debo was out there pounding the table with his takes. And you're right. But that's kind, that's kind of Ayuk's personality as a talker, right? Yeah, yeah. In terms of the way, like he, to me, he basically just supports everything Debo was saying. M- m- my issue is always, if I'm Conor McGregor or fucking Mike Tyson or whatever, I or Tiger Woods, I only have to worry about myself. Like, ultimately... Ayuk and Debo can run circles around James Bradbury. Like James Bradbury is not as good as those guys. Hell, Darius Slay, who is a good player, is going to struggle with you know Ayuk in space. But like there are other guys on the offense, and the guards and centers have to block. I don't know two of the most unique D line prospects we've seen in recent memory. One guy is six six, three hundred fifty pounds and was running borderline stride for stride with Josh Allen late in the game. The other guy is known as the best prospect in the NFL last year, and he, you know, fell because of character issues. So it's like those guys, and then Colt McKibbitt's on the outside with with Hassan Reddick. I think it's kind of, I just think you got to be careful. You think it's irresponsible? I just think it's unneeded at this point. I get it. I, I, I have no problem after the game, you know, in the fall. I, I do think it's at this point in time, like, just be the professional. You can talk after the game. 
but just be like, hey, we're focused. Did, I think in his mind, it was after the game, right? I mean, when he's re asked about it, like I said, what I said, just be like, listen, yeah, we respect. I said what I said last year. I respect these guys. We're ready for the game on Sunday to see who's the better team. He, so you know, he he kind of double, he did his essential double down middle finger. I'm talking Debo at his locker. Yeah. Which again, Debo can back it up. He also did it on Kay Adams' show. And she said, she goes, it was actually a good, it was a really good question. She goes, so do you go to Kyle and say, you know, let me. She was just kind of getting getting him to sit, trying to get him to say something. She goes, "Do you go to Kyle and say like, hey, let me help out on on uh, on Reddick? Like, let me chip Reddick a little bit because it was after Reddick said the other day that the Niners were boohooing and crying, and Debo's like, no, I just I don't, I just I do whatever Kyle tells me to do. I'm not asking to go chip Reddick, which of course he's not. Like, I think she knows that that's not how it works." But she goes, then she's like, she's just needling him. She's like, oh, I would just think like you would try to get in on him, you know? So basically to your point, he's like, oh no, that's McKivitz's job. Unless Kyle tells me to go help. Uh, I, I hang out out here with Bradbury. The, um, the Niners don't, I, to me, use their wide receivers to chip. No, I, I, as much. of course they wouldn't. But I thought it was a good way to just try to needle him to be like, all right, are you going to cash that check too? Or are you just going to cash the check with Bradbury, right? I think it's the same point. It's like, well, Hassan Reddick, are you going to do something about that or no? Of course the answer is no. But also, you know what? What if he backs it up? But Debo can't. I'm just saying, what if Debo goes for eight and 150 and two touchdowns? It's like, oh, fuck. You know, and Brock Purdy comes out of the game healthy and the 49ers win the game. That's also kind of a... But Debo, but again, Debo, Tyreek, the good players can talk shit every single week. It's, I, it's just the other players who are at a major disadvantage this week. Yeah. Right. Like if you had to do the draft of the D linemen of their D linemen and the 49ers O linemen, it would go Trent one. And then it'd be about seven picks before you got to another Niner. Right. Right. If it was just Niners O linemen, Eagles D linemen or pass rushers, the kind of hybrids, I guess they were in a four, three, but it, it, after Trent, Would I don't think Trent, and then matter. all four, and then their four D linemen. Four, I think it'd be like their next seven. And then oh, Brendel. No fucking chance. I could find a Jake Brendel as an undrafted free agent here. Oh, well, I didn't know you got to do undrafted State. free agents. You just no, need, I'm you saying need like, a center on this team that you're drafting. I'm just saying, like, I just meant like draft around the league, oh, like a real like, draft. Okay, got it. I'm just yeah, like the, the and the 49ers are fine. You know, I mean, Banks has been banged up. But like, what are we talking about? I, that, that, that's my thing. If your team has holes, you know, this was last year. Same thing. You know, it's just you got to be. The Niners have a major weakness in terms of if there's a situation, Reddick versus McKivitz. Now they do have a couple guys that can help out in use check and obviously Kittle, but not, that's not doesn't happen to not who they play. asked to. Ha- that's not who they asked to help last year. No, it was one of Kyle's 17 minions tight ends that no one is completely replaceable. I believe in what I called and I would do it again as as quarterbacks like this walking out with like uh, Max Scherzer and Verlander waiting for the swelling to go down a month. We can get his surgery finally. Um, Again, he said it it doesn't matter. My point is football. Anytime you're in a quarterback, don't talk that way because they're the ones that get hit. But no players. I mean, I, I watched Jalen. Jalen would never – Nick Bosa would never say anything. Like, you just kind of handle what you can handle, so you're going to say something. 
it'd be one thing to me too if like uh they had Deion Sanders or Revis or just some like all time great corner where it was like specifically aimed at him. Right. Like, right. Who, who's the, who the fuck's talking on James about? Bradbury. Right. Where it's like him, Revis, Jerry, and and Dion just going back and forth all week. And everyone's exactly. like, they're like, on an island over there of just greatness. Like Dion and, and uh Andre Ryzen or whoever. It right. was like clear right. to Ryzen Eminem. It's a freestyle <laughs> battle. They're just gonna do their thing over there. Yeah. It, it, or or if like uh, you know, if Trent Williams said something, it's like he can hold, you know, it's just him versus the guy. This one is like, what if Reddick and some of these guys really like Bradbury? You know? Yeah. We're going to stick yeah. up for him through our play. Yeah. Brendel's uh, like, guys, fuck, have you seen the size of these motherfuckers? They're huge. I mean, they are they are massive. My buddies with the Eagles says that Jalen's the best looking guy off the bus, and he's yeah. not as big as the other guy. I mean, 90, cool. which is when he was laying on the ground. <laughs> which is like, his brain. Which is his mentor, which is weird because he's a second-year player. But, like, th- those two guys have been yeah. together for, like, six, seven years. Yeah. Uh, Zach asks on the stream, genuine question, since we've already seen the alternative, what would the narrative be if the Niners blow out the Eagles? Uh, well, it would be partly and right. It would partly would be what we described, right? Like the time, the amount of effort that they've uh, used to put themselves in this position. And maybe they're a little more worn down than the Niners. But the Niners have been on the disadvantaged side of the rest. And so now they're in the advantage side. So fine. But I think the other thing that would come out of it, depending on how it looks is, one of these Niners would be in the MVP conversation. And I think right now, Brock, I've seen that throw against Seattle into quadruple coverage dropped into IU all over the place these last couple of days. Orlovsky did something about it today. McAfee show had a breakdown of it today. Chase Daniel did. I saw his video. I didn't watch JT, but I'm sure he did a thing. It's just become like it's non QB breakdown guys are doing it. And it's just the, the guy. I think it's an example of somebody playing with absolute superior confidence which is what brock has right now he has his confidence is at the ceiling the, the game in cleveland didn't rattle him the game against minnesota didn't rattle him the game against cincinnati didn't rattle him and um you know i expect him to try and do some things this week that if the niners win a game 34 to 13 or you know what john if they win a game 33 34 to 33 i think it's the same i think he's gonna make some plays that are just he's gonna have to and yeah, if agree. the Niners win this game, no matter what the score is, unless it's just, you know, 12 for for 20 and McCaffrey carries them, then I think Brock is going to elevate the MVP conversation Sunday night. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I expect him to play well. I expect the, I expect the Niners to win this game by 10 plus points. I, I really do. And I mean, a huge part of that, like the reason they score is this guy. Like they're an explosive passing offense. Now the one curveball, if it is raining – it's like every time Moody comes into the game, you're kind of nervous. You're like, is this going to go in? And he's kind of right of the ship a little bit. I would say if it's raining, there's much more intrigue. Like, what's Purdy's deal here? 100%. Are, are we good? But to me, if they win by 10-plus, the narrative is just the Niners are back, which has been going strong now for a while. And then it's just, to me, the Eagles' narrative is either created like, oh, they were just ran out of gas because they beat the Cowboys, everything's fine. Or they were to lose the following week, they got problems. Right? Did they peak too early? Is it coming back to bite them? So I, I think theirs would be like a fluid situation. I think the Niners would kind of be the stamp of approval. Like, okay, three-game loss, blip, clearly Trent being out and Debo being out, threw them off, lost a couple weird games. They are the Super Bowl favorites. I think that's just – which kind of feels like it now, but this would validate yeah. it. Three weeks away from the Ravens on Christmas Day. Yeah. 
that's you know that would be the next there's always a next thing to look forward to and that would be the next thing to look forward to well that's the craziest part about football is if like uh you know when you win or lose i guess you're interviewed usually on the field when you win right so someone comes right up to you like let's hypothetically say the eagles win like that was an enormous win now we just got to get back and focus on dallas like you're saying that on the field you just won you're not you haven't even taken off your pads yet I don't even. Who do the Niners play? Well, they play. Seahawks. They play the Seahawks on. Seahawks have extra rest because they play Dallas Thursday. So both these teams are playing a team off extra rest the next week in San Francisco, though. Yeah, home game. Clara. Yep. And they I, play I don't the know. Cardinals off a of bye. I do think there's a chance that if you ask a lot of 49ers, who do you play after the Eagles? They would not know. I only know because I'm looking at it right now. I know do you think there would be a decent amount of players on the Niners? Obviously, it's. I'm sure the schedule's around the facility, but. Yeah. I I I in the theory of what you're saying, I agree with you. Yeah. I think they would know just because it's like always around, but is there anyone is there anyone on the Eagles that they don't know who they play next? No. So it's like you know, that's just to me there's there, there's a lot of different variables that mm-hmm. like the nine not only should the Niners win this game. Uh, if the Eagles run out of gas, they, when I say blowout, I, I don't expect it to look like some of their previous blows, but just be in full control. And I don't think that validates like they're going to win the NFC, but it does put them in position where you're confident playing the Eagles if you got to go back to Philly. And two, that like you had the advantage, fully rest. They did not, and you took advantage of yeah. it and shoved the team who has the equal amount. Sirianni said today like they have some of the best players in the world, right? Like he's not just saying – this isn't Belichick right. talking about the some win-loss team. You know, the Eagles love saying like world champions and like it's like it's not a world championship. This is fucking America. No one plays. You're not playing some team in Italy or China that fucking has a football team. You're not the best team in the world. Baseball or basketball. Are the best team in the world. Well, then no one else plays football. Right. So you're the best team in the world. I hate it when they call world champions. Really? Oh, I like it. I love it. Cause, cause all, I it's always it's always bothered me. Uh, <laughs> um. All right. It's been uh it's been fifteen minutes. It's been eighteen minutes since you told the guy fifteen minutes. Absolutely. Your internet's about to cut out any second. The next time you see John, he will be rocketing to the moon uh with uh, upload speeds. Okay, I'm gonna go find That's him. That's awesome. All right. Thanks for hanging everybody. Talk to you soon. I'm stupid on the pod. Later. Later. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.